Paul is saying here, listen, I have an abiding vision of God so that it helps me deal with any suffering that I've got to go through because I don't look at the suffering, I look to the Savior. Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today as we continue to look at a passage where we're seeing how to live with liabilities. And Pastor, we may have somebody listening today who says, look, I am suffering and I'm struggling to continue to keep my faith strong. And I hear you say, look to the Savior but uh, that's wearisome. How, how do I keep doing that when I feel like my suffering continues? Well, you know, you're, you're going to have some intermittent times, you know, where sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down. And I'm so the, glad to hear you say that yeah. because I think sometimes we hear this message that we should always be up. Oh, no. And that's so unrealistic. That is very unrealistic because we're human. Look at our Lord Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. Man. Yeah. I mean, that's the passion of humanity. You know, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. There's the balance. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this. That's what Jesus is saying. Yeah. I don't like this. So I am not espousing uh, that we praise God for everything. Because First Thessalonians chapter 5 says, in everything give thanks, hmm. yeah. for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I believe that's verse 18. So not for everything, but in the midst of it, can I give God praise? In other words, just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he looked to the Father. And even though, uh, remember now, he was praying because he did not want to go to Calvary. He did Mm -hmm. not want to suffer Mm -hmm. in his humanity. And so what happened? I like the last uh, verse in that pericope. It says, and Jesus said to the disciples, get up, let us be going. Hmm. And then the other writer says, so he set his face like a flint to go to Jerusalem. That's what I'm talking about. It's like, okay, God is sovereign. Nothing can happen unless he allows it. If he has allowed it, I need to tap into that purpose. And when I tap into that purpose, what will transpire is my volition will override my emotions. In other words, Mm. my will will override my emotions. And uh, I'll begin to walk in that direction, no matter how hesitantly, no no matter how painfully, you know, no matter how regretfully, I'll start moving toward the direction that God is trying to move me. Mm. Well, let's go ahead and continue this message, Learning to Live with Liabilities. Here is Pastor Ford. Acts 16, 9, it was preparation for sharing. So he prepared him and told him where to share the gospel. And, and, and listen, remember what God did? He's, they wanted to share the gospel in one place, and God said, no, don't go there. Go there. Sometimes we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because even though we want to share Christ with somebody, maybe God doesn't want us to. You say, there are times he doesn't want us to? Yes. And it amazes me because I hear so many people talking about, God told me to say, God told me to say. How come we never hear nobody say, God told me, shut up. Study to be quiet. Amen. Yeah. Mind your own business. 
And so uh, then in Acts chapter 23, verse 11, there's preparation for serenity. That is, he's, he's, he's anxious and he's worried and God gives him a vision that gives him peace in his heart. There's the dip of the serene. God gives him the serenity uh, that he needs. You know, God Give me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's your pastor's prayer all the time. That prayer is over 300 years old, I believe, but I pray it all the time. Give me that, and Paul gets that. Then Acts 27, 23, and 24, uh, there is another vision for safety. It is an amazing out of all of these, twice God gives them a vision to tell them what to avoid. And you know what? God's speaking to some of us too because there's somebody that God is trying to keep out of your life you keep trying to put in your life. And every time God puts them out of your life, you run back and get them. <laughs> then Galatians 1.16, preparation for service. God gives a vision. This is what I want you to do. But here in 2 Corinthians 12, here's a vision all of that was preparation for suffering. I'm going to give you such an ecstatic experience. I'm going to let you die, come to heaven. I'm going to send you back so that you'll be willing to suffer for me. So God was going to allow the thorn in the flesh, and he gives him a vision. Fourteen years. What kept him from focusing on the thorn? an abiding vision of God. Now, Paul, why are you sharing it in the third person? Why, why don't you just say, I? Sound like John, remember? John says, the disciple whom Jesus loved uh, because he had genuine humility. He didn't want to say, Jesus loved me. You figure it out, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And so he, he, he shares it in the third person. Why? He says, as a man in Christ. You see it. Why? Number one, number one, because he doesn't want you to think he's special just because he had this. In other words, as a man in Christ, I want you to know that the thing that's available to me is available to you. If God did it for me, God can do it for you. And so he says, listen, I had this vision, and it's available to you. Isaiah chapter 6 tells us, in the year that King Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the earth. We saw all that, and what, happened, what had to happen? His vision of God was obscured by Uzziah. And he didn't see God the way he should see. Now, he had already been ministering in chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, but he didn't see God until chapter 6. What chapter are you in? And who is it that's your Uzziah that's keeping you from an abiding vision of God? Who's telling you uh, that you need to be like everybody else if God healed that person? There's something wrong with you. Why he didn't heal you? Why isn't it a possibility that you have the disability, not as a liability, but a possibility. Secondly, he's embarrassed about having to boast about it. God honored me, but I really shouldn't even be sharing it with you. Number three, it didn't add to his personal status or importance, according to Paul. See, in other words, I'm not more important because I received this vision. There are people, I know you're not going to believe this, who would use these kind of things as a spiritual one-upmanship. I'm a lot closer to God than you 
because I have had this experience and you haven't. Number four, he says it's not profitable for them. In other words, everybody should not think that you have to have this experience. Then number five, it had been God's initiative and not his. So some believed it happened after he was stoned at Lystra. Others say it was between Acts 9, 32, his departure from Tarsus, and his visit from Barnabas in Acts 11, 25 through 26. But the vision, my point is, had a purpose. Preparation for suffering. Preparation for suffering. That God wants him to understand you had this for 14 years. I don't want you depressed. I don't want you debilitated. I want you to see me. Some of us need a fresh vision of God. We need an abiding vision that will be greater than any liability uh, that we have. When we study Habakkuk, remember, only three chapters. Anybody remember the outline? I know you don't. I know you don't. Let me give it to you. We looked at it, and it was, the message was entitled, The Rainbow Before the Storm that there was a storm. And in chapter one, we find Habakkuk looking at the storm. And when he looked at the storm, he questioned God. He questioned God's care. He questioned God's character. He, 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 he questioned God. There was another C, I don't forgot. So you know if I forgot part of it, I know you don't remember it. Uh, but then in chapter two, he changes his focus from looking at the storm to looking through the storm. He says, I'll stand upon my watch and see what you will say to me when I am reproved. He's saying, okay, I understand something now. I'm on the wrong territory. I'm worried about God's business instead of my business. So I'm going to stand upon my watch. And then when God reproves me for chapter one, I'm going to listen to what he says. But in chapter three, you know, we see him looking above the storm. His focus is on God. So he has a yet, even though everything falls apart, yet will I praise him. Yet will I, This is what's going on with the apostle Paul. Paul is saying here, listen, I have a, an abiding vision of God so that it helps me deal with any suffering that I've got to go through because I don't look at the suffering, I look to the Savior. That's what he's saying. Psalm 73, David wrote a song, and he said, why do the wicked prosper and the godly suffer? I mean, that's the, that's the argument today. And uh, theologically, uh, it, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an argument that everybody wants to know. But then he goes through and says, I went through all of this and I saw, I saw that, you know, I'm, I'm serving and preaching and doing everything and sacrificing and the pimp down the corner, he's the one with the Bentley and, the, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then verse 17, he says, but everything changed when I went into the house of the Lord. Everything changed when I got a fresh vision. Maybe our discontentment it's not based on what we're going through. Maybe our discontentment is based on who we're not going to. Yeah, that, that Paul says, listen, I focused in on, on, on him. Now, what, what two things uh, about his abiding presence? Notice two things. He focused on the person of God, and he focused on the place of God. So you notice there's a consciousness 
a vision, or, or I'm sorry, the consciousness of his vision of God totally obscures anything else. So notice what he says. He says in verse 2, I don't know. I can't tell. Verse 3, I don't know. Why? Because when I'm consumed with the person of God, I don't need explanations. Just like we talked about on Sunday. We don't live on explanations, we live on promises. Why am I going through what I'm going through? Because one of the only ways that you and I learn is by suffering. Well, I wish that wasn't true, but that is so true. I remember years ago, Hearing a Bible teacher say, God will not use a person until he breaks a person, until they recognize and know their dependence upon him. And I remember praying, that God, can I be the exception to that? <laughs> and of course, that wasn't the case. It won't be the case for any of us. We have to learn to live with liabilities. That's what uh, this Bible teaching has been about today from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll get back to it in just a moment. But we're able to bring you Pastor Ford's teaching each and every day, whether it's on the radio, through the app, through the podcast, or simply through our website, because of your generosity. We depend on your giving to produce this program and to cover airtime and production costs. So thank you to those who are giving. If you've never given before, or if you'd like to give a gift of support again today, come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org, and click on the Donate button. Again, that's treasuredtruthradio.org, and click on Donate. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. So God says, I'm going to leave this thorn in the flesh here so, so that you won't be puffed up, you won't be proud about who you are and what you know. I'm going to do that for you. Now, we don't like that, and I know we don't, but that's okay. That's okay. So he focuses on the person of God. Notice, secondly, he focuses on the place of God. He focuses on that vision of heaven. Where do you want to be? Let me just cut to the chase. Where do you want to be? Let God show you what the outcome is. Didn't we just talk about it? What the outcome is. Paul is here and he says, man, I've been to heaven. I've walked through the pearly gates. I've walked on streets of gold. I've had an experience that supersedes everything that could ever happen to me on earth. That heaven so feels my vision that the things of earth don't even matter. That's what the songwriter said. Read the words to turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full into his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. George C. Stevens was deaf as a young man. Yet George C. Stevens, even though he couldn't hear, wrote 800 hymns. 800. Fanny Crosby was blind. And, and, and uh, you know the song Saved by Grace? Listen to the line. And I shall see him face to face and tell the story Saved by Grace. A blind woman wrote that. Look at how many times in the songs that she wrote, she talks about seeing Jesus. In other words, I don't know what your liability is, 
But it's not a disability, it's a possibility. And it depends on what your vision of God is. Why do you think this word is preached and, and, and all of that kind of stuff? Why do you think we keep lifting up the word, we keep pointing you out to the word of God, we keep saying you need to get something from this book, you need to see him? Why? Because this is a hymn book, H-I-M book. It points to him. Why? Because the more you see him and the more you embrace him, the more you become like him. And the more you become like him, the more you're going to act like him, talk like him, walk like him. See what's happening? Yeah. And so Paul says, listen, you need an abiding vision of God. I just wrote down some of the songs that she uh, that she wrote. Let, let me see if anybody recognizes any Fanny Cosby songs. If you do, just raise your hand. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she lived, what, almost 200 years ago. We're still singing her song, huh? Or, or, or 100 years ago. Praise him, praise him. Jesus, our blessed redeemer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pass me not, O gentle saint. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rescue the perishing. Draw me near, precious Lord. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Safe in the arms of Jesus. One time they asked Fanny Crosby, is there anything worse than being blind? Here's her answer. Yes, having sight but no vision. <laughs> having sight but no vision. You know what I try to keep before you? An abiding vision of God. And when I share with you most of the things that I share with you, I believe they're coming from God. That it, what he wants us to do. Why? Because we need an abiding vision of God. So he focused on the person of God. He focused on the place of God. Here's the third thing. He focused on the precepts of God, that he based everything on the word of God. Here's my prayer for you. My prayer is the prayer of Elisha for his servant Gehazi. When the armies of Syria came and uh, they, uh, they, they wanted to attack Israel in the mountains and Elisha said they're coming around the mountain when they come. And the armies of Israel was ready. And, uh, and uh, they defeated them. They went back and they said, let's get them in the valley because their God is a God of the mountain. They go down the valley. They're waiting on them because Elijah said they're coming through the valley. The king said, we got a traitor in our midst. Somebody telling them. Said, no, there's a God in Israel and there's a prophet. God is telling the prophet. The prophet is telling them. So then they sent all these men. And they sent these men to surround Elijah's uh, uh, house. And uh, so they go to his crib. They're surrounded it. And Gehazi looks out. He says, man, Elisha, Elisha, we in trouble, man. They got this place surrounded. They're going to wipe us out. And he said, oh, man, don't worry about it. Take a chill pill. And Gehazi said, what you been smoking, man? He said, I ain't been smoking nothing. And he said this, Lord, open his eyes. And the Bible says his eyes were open. And he not only saw the natural realm, that's why you need a body vision of God, he saw the spiritual realm. He saw the angels with flaming sword surrounding the Syrian army that he understood uh, that there are more who are with us and they're greater than those who are against us. That's all I ever try to communicate to you to get you to, to understand that right now you're going through something. Right now it looks like a liability. Turn the liability into a possibility. How do I do it? Get God in on this thing. Bring God in on and keep him in on it. You know what we do? Uh, we done try. I tried. I, well, that's the problem. You trying, you ain't trusting. 
You're doing it in your own strength, your own power. You're not drawing from the power that you have from God. And you're not listening to what his word has to say. How many times have I heard somebody say, well, you know, I did what you said, but it didn't work. Well, you didn't do it long enough because it always works. Because the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. I can tell you, I can testify it works. And so I know, I know, you, you know my story, but I share it to everybody. I'm married 45 years by the grace of God, 42 years by the grace of God, because I was on my way to the divorce court after three years of marriage and the stuff that I was doing, you know, you know all that stuff. I ain't going to find the devil. I'm telling you what God was able to do. And so here I was, you know, whoremonger. That's what I was. I was a hoe. You know, and then, and, then, and then God gave her the grace to even forgive me. And so I know, and I began to tell God, one of the first prayers I said was, I don't know how to be a husband, a Christian, a father, a son, a contributor to society. I've always been a consumer on society. And, and, and God began to give me a vision of himself. As I got in the word, I could see him and, and being with him transforming me giving me a vision of what I could become because of him. And that's it. I could see it before I was being it. But because I could see it, I knew I could be it. You feeling me? That's what Paul's saying. Man, this vision, it really spurs me on. And if you really get a word from God, you're going to hold on to that. You're not going to let go of that thing, man. You're going you're to hold on to it. And every time your circumstances say God is lying, you say, no, he's telling the truth. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to focus in on me. I'm going to let God work on me. And I'm going to be the best me that I can be before God. Now, what about you? I'm going I'm to let God deal with you. Because he can deal with you better than I can deal with you. Amen. He can slap taste out your mouth. See, I do it. I go to jail. <laughs> so, here it is, secondly, and then we're going to stop right here. So, here he is now. I don't know who you are, but listen, you're surrounded by your handicaps, your sicknesses, your liabilities, emotionally, physically, psychologically, socially, financially. You need a fresh abiding vision of God. God, help me to see you. Because when you see God, there will always be the appropriate response. What a way to wrap up this message, that we would ask God to see him for who he is. You know, I hope that you know God in a personal way, that you've begun a relationship with him through his son, Jesus, that you've put your faith and your trust in him and accepted him as Savior and Lord. Maybe as you've been listening to Moody Radio in this program, You've come to the point where you realize you don't know God in this way. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've never asked for the forgiveness of your sins. You've never acknowledged that he died on the cross and rose again, conquering sin and death for you. And because of that, you can have your sins forgiven and spend eternity with him. And if you're at the point where you're ready to begin a relationship with Jesus, cling to this promise from God's word that when you come to him, he will never turn you away. And if you want to talk with someone, pray with someone about beginning that relationship with Jesus, you can call this number. It's 1-888-NEED-HIM. That's 1-888-NEED-HIM. 
Our message today has been called Learning to Live with Liabilities. We'll continue that next time. Hope you make it a point to tune in. Thanks to our producer, Amy Rios. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thank you.